5: All right, great to be with you here on this Wednesday morning. Show the camera, John Rich. Be better if the Sixers were better. Embiid has to be Superman with a cape. Times Shaq, times Wilt, times Kareem, times Bill Russell. It have
6: say, to be that You say Superman I, with cape. Th- I was going to say
5: the same thing. Like, is there a Superman without a cape? Yes, yeah, gonna- Clark Kent.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's Clark Kent. That's not Superman.
7: <laughs> uh, and, Joe, the cape just got torn and is currently on oh. in the injured list. I'm just saying they <laughs> are...
5: So bad without him, it's unbelievable. They are so bad. So well,
7: well they
6: were almost as good as the Celtics oh, for a quarter. John, would you knock oh, it, it off? It. Don't <laughs> stop it. Stop. <laughs> that doesn't count for something. No, no. So it was anyway. thirty to thirty.
5: Yeah, yeah.
6: All right. Uh, How LA- in the world did they go on those runs Wait, last night Sixers? to start the second half? Sixteen points, like just. We scored zero. Because they tried. Sixteen. Because they tried. It really was. Yes. It really was like the Celtics, the Celtics said, hey, were you know toying with we them. We got to stop messing around, guys. Let's us yeah. ex- let, let, show them who we are. Boom. Sixteen points later, and it only took like two minutes.
5: Here's what I'd say: the Sixers currently have at best, at best, two players that actually deserve to start in the NBA, and that's if you count Tobias. That's it. Yeah, and
4: Tobias, and nobody, there are definitely teams Tobias wouldn't start. Hundred yeah. percent
5: correct. A lot of teams Tobias wouldn't start for. He's really, he's really not that good anymore. Maxie's legit. We know that. And otherwise, I mean, you're talking about you just got a bunch of guys that should be bench players. And not someone's like Aaron McKee off the bench, not my six-man. The Sixers have a bunch of like eight, nine, ten guys. It's rough, man. It's, it's tough to watch. All right. Um, Elliot Parks from the Combine in 10 minutes. Ruben, I know that um, I know you're an ambassador for the Darren Dalton Foundation. Yes, I am. And a big event, because a lot of people listening right now are going to be going down to yep. spring training in the next month. For those there, what is it? March tenth. Yeah, a big March tenth. Darren Dalton,
0: uh, celebrity bar uh, bartending. Uh, they are having another event. Well, we've had it here in Philadelphia, but they're having it down there at Frenchie's Tiki Hut, yeah. um, starting at four o'clock. That's great. From four to seven, it will be a blast. It's always a blast down there, down the left field line um in the left field bleachers there but um but there's gonna be a whole host of guys down there and uh just come have some party down and have some fun i mean i tell people this all the time i'm headed down on sunday and uh and i'm actually staying an extra day so i could be part of that part of that bartending crew That's it's nice. it's gonna be fun you're gonna have a whole bunch of uh old-time fills uh there um don't have all the names, but it's a great group of guys. A lot, of the, no, a lot, a lot of the notable, a, dudes, lot of right? notable guys yeah. will be there, yeah. and it'll be a blast. That's so awesome. Please come join us.
5: Well, if you're there, you know, in that, again, it's March 10th specifically. Yep. Um, and look, the spring training games are fun. And, they, uh, you know, first of all, you just get some heat down there. You know, it's been a little cold here lately, although it warmed up yesterday. But uh, to support the Dutch Foundation, which yeah, is such they, a great one in the fight against cancer. It and, really it really yeah, is. It's yeah. a real
0: special one, and all the folks that are involved. Uh, the DDF is is really special, near and dear to my heart, uh, from one of the greatest leaders of all time.
5: If you ever want to make a direct donation to the Darren Dalton Foundation and help in the fight against cancer, the website is darrendaltonfoundation.org. All right, let's go to the phones. Kurt and Marlton. Good morning, Kurt.
2: It is morning. I will see. I don't know about good, but we'll take morning. I guess if we put our get our feet out of the bed, it's a good day, right?
5: Well, um, totally. Here's the good thing, Kurt. We're two days away from the month that provides. You ready for this? NFL free agency, March yeah. Madness, and the start of the Philly season. So pretty, well, pretty damn good stuff up ahead here, man, including the chance free, for the – No, but you know what? Free. You know what I'm looking forward to a free agency? Let's turn this thing over, man. Let's get some new players in here and get some dudes out of here.
2: Yeah, but how do you feel about that after what you heard yesterday? I mean, you know, I, I look, I understand it's a dog and pony show. So there's, you know, you're not going to get the, the, the inside baseball kind of stuff. But the, the dog was an old mangy mutt and the pony was a nag headed for the glue factory, man. That was just, there was nothing there to sink your teeth into and say, you know what, this is good. And then to top it all off. Bradbury's
5: part of our future. No, he's not. I, yeah, but isn't he? But but, know, but but but, but Kurt, what,
2: we've seen what how he does with old players.
5: But Kurt, first off, first off, it's technically true he is part of their future, which can be defined as the next two weeks. That's the future. Then they cut him, and then he's not part I of the future.
2: I appreciate the way you're parsing that, Joe. I really do, and I hope. Listen, you're but what's right. he going to say, James
6: Bradbury? Is a really smart. Cornerback, he's gone. who no longer can run like he could. Now, remember, we got a different D.C. at Vic Fangio, who's going to ask his guys to go out there and run more yeah. zone, which is right. something that is possible. Kurt, Kurt let me ask Kurt. Let me ask you a do. question.
5: Let me let me ask you a question. You want Bradbury gone? I want him gone. I think Howie wants him gone. If you were Howie Roseman yesterday, knowing that James Bradbury is a good guy, that he's got friends in that locker room that he's got an agent that the Eagles have to deal with with other players across the league probably for the next bunch of years. How, Kurt, would you have answered the question about Bradbury's future in Philadelphia?
2: I probably would have said
5: the same thing. Well, there you go. We don't know okay. which one he <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. What are we talking Come about? On. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right, Kurt, give me an answer. A great moment where a character in a movie is debuted. All right, I'm calling
2: in late, so I'm probably going to hit on some that already have been talked about. But Darth Vader
5: has been said. Give me another one. Um, Indiana Jones. What's the scene? The uh, Raiders, the Boulder, the whole thing. Is that what it is, yeah. stats? Yeah. You know, I've seen that one the least. So the Boulder. Really, coming, that's yeah. the best one, I man. Know, <laughs> I know. I mean, that's what everyone says. I I like three a lot, but you know, boy, the last one that came out last summer was really.
4: Oh, I thought it was solid. Yes. Oh, I disagree. I, look, it wasn't. It wasn't as good as the I'm old ones, but out. I didn't expect it to. What is it, the, it, end, Ar- the Archimedes, the yeah. Archimedes oh. part. Yeah, that was the worst part. But in yeah. general, <laughs> that's I thought... the worst part. That was the whole point. <laughs> no, that was the end. I'm talking about the actual Archimedes part. But I thought I actually thought for it was way better than Crystal Skull. Like
5: I thought it was fine. I didn't do Crystal Skull.
4: Yeah, I thought it was fine. Like it, it was better than I expected. Yeah,
5: I don't know, man. All right, let's let's get to uh, let's get to Mary. Oh my God, Mary in Mayfair. What's up, Mary? I got a question for you, but before that, I got a question for Ruben.
2: Rube, who's your surprise team in the National
0: League? I don't want to talk Dodgers, but who's your surprise, surprise team? Surprise team. Wow, you put me on the spot. Well, just off to any one of the guys could say. Uh, I, or I, girls. How about the Reds? I, don't, I, I really like the Reds. It's a great call. Um, I, I'm not sure how good they're going to be, but that's central. I mean, not that great. Now, the Cubs have made themselves better. uh, But the Reds are an interesting club, man. I think that David Bell done a heck of a job with those youngsters. I happen to agree with you. They're exciting. I happen to agree. Now, Joe, how are you with golf?
5: Uh, me's me, just okay. Yeah, i below below average. I mean, I I shoot like a one oh freaking five. No, I'm talking about golf I mean, he's talking trivia. About trivia. Yeah, come on. Oh, no, golf know. trivia. Worse, well, Jared Goff, I mean, I I went to college. <laughs> no, all right, golf trivia. I can Cow. I can hang in there. I can give you a Sam, right. a Sam Snead. All right, go Thing ahead. Sam was great.
2: Sam was great with that hat. Who was the first golfer to shoot below sixty?
5: Well. I think he shot a 59, if I remember right. I think
2: right. you might be right. <laughs> Nailed 59.
5: So The irony is, I think I remember this happening, but I have no clue. I think it was about 25 years ago. I don't know. What's the guy's name?
4: Al Guyberger.
5: What year was it? Al Guyberger is his name? You, you heard, heard me. What year, he Mary? He pro golfer. What year? Guy I'm Berger. not exactly sure. Well, I'll be impressed with myself if it was recent. It better be a regulation. No, it's not. I don't think it was recent. Like 25 years ago or something, right? No? Well, I don't consider 25
4: years ago recent. 1977. No. Yes. Yes, it is. is, First player to shoot 59, lower than 60, in a PGA Tour event. He is known as Mr. 59. All right. 1977 at the Colonial
5: Country Club. Unlike John, who was known as Mr. 60... (laughs) Sixty-two. Sixty-two. <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> nice adjustment. Okay, oh, I, just, I figured I'd, you know, toe the line there. Let's get to, uh, to Ken and Cinnamon. Hi, Ken. Good morning, Prince. How are you today? Doing great, I- I'm Ken. I'm good. I'm good. We're good. So, John, John, John Runyan, man. John <laughs> Runyan. <John. laughs> <laughs> Nicely done there. <laughs> nice. That's really good. All right, go ahead. Joe,
2: Joe, would you say that Reuben uh, is delicious? Uh, He's
5: a a a good-looking fella.
2: Okay, next. I'll give him that. (laughs) Um, Listen, so on the press conference yesterday, all I'm really going to say is what a surprise. Uh, Here we are talking about, you know, um, what what they didn't give us, right? So um, this is what these things are. Uh, it it kind of it, it drives me crazy when I hear people call like previous caller and talk about the organization like it's trash. Like you know, okay, so yeah, so we're uh, you know it's a dog and pony show where the dog is a mangy mutt with fleas and the pony is is you know headed for the glue factory. This is a team that's been in the Super Bowl twice in the last six years. This is a team that's almost always in the playoffs. So let's keep these things in perspective. I
0: agree with you. Totally agree.
2: And, as far as, uh, as far as Hassan, and that's my only comment about, about really yesterday because I do, I do want to ask a Phillies question. Um, you know, to me, it's, it's believe half of what you hear and all of what you see. When they drafted Nolan Smith last year with the 30th pick, that told me then that I did not think that they were going to resign or or, or extend Hassan. Right, and I remember and you say you people. said
5: you said it back then. I remember. And
2: I've been telling you that. So it's just look, how he's got, how he's got more cap
5: money this year than he's
2: ever had in history in his history as a GM of of the Eagles, if he plays this right. And I can promise you that you know linebackers and running backs are at the bottom of his priority list because that's the way the Eagles do business. So. You know, I just I I didn't expect Hassan to be back. I don't expect Hassan to be back, and I don't know why we would expect any other answer out of out
6: of. You're grouping Hassan as a linebacker. Uh, that that right there is a little problematic too. I mean, he is well. Know, he's technically he's a linebacker on,
2: on on the depth chart. I know he doesn't play off ball linebacker, right? right? But I mean, it's there, there's so many hybrid positions now that you know even D tackles are, are playing you know four different techniques. So it's. Not it's just the yeah. modern game.
5: Of I can give me your give um, me your Phil's point here.
2: So I, I I've been wondering about this all year, and it's is there a chance that we're gonna that Weston Wilson is gonna get it, gonna get a long look to be that right-handed bat off the bench, play some corner outfield for you? Because it just seems to me every time I see that guy play, um, he, he makes plays, he's
7: punishing he's good, the
0: baseball. Uh, he's a good player. He's a good player, and he's versatile, and I really like him. I see him, see him sort of as a poor man's Whit Merrifield, and I think that's one of the reasons why they got Whit Merrifield, because he's going to take probably a, the at-bats that Weston Wilson would have gotten had he made the team. Weston's got, um, I don't know if he's going to have a long look. He may get an opportunity to make this team, because it all kind of depends on what, you know, what Rob Thompson wants as that 26th man. But uh, but I like the kid. I love his ability. He plays without fear. he has speed, he's got athleticism, he's got some power and he can play a variety of positions. So that's a it, it's a real plus. It's a good problem to have
6: depth and and uh, he's one of those guys. He and Pache both uh, you know, I, I'm reminded to never lend too much credence to the preseason, but you know we've got some athletic, Guys who can play in the outfield who are actually getting it done offensively. I know it's the preseason, but it seems better than what I expected. And Do you feel the same I way? I love
0: athleticism and depth, and uh, the problem with Pache is that he does not have any uh, options, and so he's a guy that they have to decide. Again, another guy, 25th, 26th man, um, what's best for this team, and um, I think at the end of the day, you're going to figure out what's the best for the team today it's what's bed, best for the team in the future.
5: You see a scenario where Rojas goes down because of that? It's possible. And but Pache, it, even if he's not as good, stays up? It's possible, because Pache is not quite as good a defender, but a damn good defender yes, in is. center
0: field. Yeah. And I'll, I'll take him. I'll let him play, take over that role if, in fact, Rojas falters. I wouldn't have a problem with him taking over that role in center field. Um, he's got a little bit more experience, and yes, he is not had the offensive you know years and seasons but i think he's getting better
5: hey ken give yeah. me an answer here man intro in a movie who do you have
2: yeah and just real quick uh Pache, if they're both going to hit 200 posh will at least run into a few over the course of a season that
5: uh
2: rojas hasn't shown the ability to do yet so um my favorite one of my maybe my favorite character in, in any movie ever uh when quint scratches his nails on the chalkboard to uh oh the-
5: yeah oh, that's, that's a, a good big one. answer too in Jaws, I mean, he's in the back of the room yeah. in that town meeting. Yep. Wow, that's a, that's a really, really good answer. That's a disturbing That speech. sort of makes oh. me feel I, I know. feel. I can feel it. it right yeah. Now, that's yeah. A little, yeah, that's that a little visceral for me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I don't like it. I yeah. do like the Twitter poll question of the day. It's brought to us by Armin Chevrolet.
4: Routine maintenance major repairs. Armin Chevrolet's service team is there to
5: help. Certified service, visit ArminChevy.com. Uh, today's poll cu- question, who should bet leadoff this year for the Phils? Three choices, Schwarber, Stott, Turner. You can vote at Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. Let's play one more piece of audio, and then we'll get to Elliot calling in here from the Combine because Nick Sirianni obviously was going to be asked yesterday about A.J. Brown, the whole A.J. Brown thing. Here's what Nick Sirianni said yesterday about A.J. A.J. frustrated with
2: some of the outside
4: noise. I guess what's been your reaction to it? Do you talk to him about, you
7: know, handling that type of stuff? A.J., like I've been telling you guys for a long time, not only is he, you know – One of the best players i've ever been around um he's also one of the best leaders and what you know and he's going to do anything he can do to stick up for for his for his teammates um that's why i admire that's why he wears a a c on his chest um and i think that you know if you're speculating well hey what what does it mean if he's yelling over here like everybody doesn't there's some people that when you're when you're leading them you yell at them. And there's some people when you're leading them you put your arm around them. And there's some people there's somewhere in the middle and like that's leadership also is just figuring out what buttons to press with different guys. Not every person is tri- you don't treat everybody the exact same, right? The standard is what it is and you hold everybody to that standard, but You don't treat everybody exactly the same of how you get to that standard, how you correct that standard, or how you praise that standard. Everybody's a little bit different. I think, you know, uh, A.J. understands that. Um, You know, like I said, just a great teammate, a great person.
5: That was one form of a compliment that Sirianni had for A.J. yesterday. You know, A.J. the guy, but he also strongly praised A.J. the player.
7: Um, in my opinion best receiver that's been in Philadelphia and I grew up a Terrell Owens fan and I grew up a how he says I'm too young to to uh, like Mike Quick but I was a huge Mike Quick fan Um, and it's pretty cool that I get to uh, do some interviews with him every once in a while and but you look at the stats and you look at what AJ's done in a two-year span he's he's had the two most productive years ever as a as an eagle wide receiver and so Man, uh, like when you have one of your best players, mean also one of your best leaders, that's that's special. Uh, that's Where answer. does Harold Carmichael jump in here? Well, you know I mean? so, yeah,
6: he's I mean, definitely uh, too young for oh, him.
5: Yeah. He's too young for him. But okay. Carmichael, you are going to get to McDonald, Tommy McDonald. Okay. And, you, uh, know, you know, we ran
6: into a problem
5: last year
6: that the offensive coordinator, because AJ was so good, in part or be, for for a host of reasons, the offensive coordinator wasn't able to interact and and I don't know work well enough with AJ. Well, that was the report. Of what it, intimidation? Well, he was me... intimidated by AJ's uh, like presence, by his attitude. What exactly?
5: Here's what I'd say to I'm that, to John. That? Well, here's what I—that th- was the Marcus Hayes report. Mm-hmm. I wish that paragraph of Marcus Hayes's report included a quote, even if anonymous, from one of the players. Like, there's in that in that story, there are quotes anonymous about certain things. Then you get this one line about
7: – You want to know what intimid- type of intimidation it was. I want
5: to know what specifically and exactly was said to Marcus Hayes by a player, even if anonymous, that led Marcus Hayes to put into a story that the offensive coordinator was intimidated by the player. Right. That's a big statement to put out there without context. Right. A big statement. And how did that manifest
6: itself? Yeah, I mean the, the, whole, the whole the thing. I mean, why what are we talking were able about to here? To run their own
5: plays? Yeah,
0: yeah. That, that
6: could be on it. the field. Yeah. yeah.
5: All right, let's talk to our Eagles reporter Elliot. Does a phenomenal job. It's uh, extra duty for him this week as he is in Indianapolis, site of the NFL Combine. Believe it or not, the players are looking at have kind of taken a backseat, at least for us, discussion-wise. To you know, Howie and Sirianni, and what they said, obviously. And Elliot joins us right now. Good morning, Elliot. Morning.
8: How you guys doing?
5: Oh uh, well, Elliot. So, Elliot, we've been reacting to it for the last two hours and 40 minutes, the press conference from yesterday. What was your biggest takeaway from something Howie said or something Nick said? What hit you the most yeah. yesterday?
8: So I would kind of combine the, the two. And just my overall takeaway from being there yesterday, talking to him, was I think they view the, the two sides of the ball in very different situations. Um, and I think they probably view the offense not as broken as maybe the general public does. Like, I do think, obviously, Kellen Moore is going to come in here. He's going to have a large say in what happens. Uh, he will call plays. But I thought Sirianni talking yesterday about meshing the two offensive schemes. And, you know, he's talked before about how things they, – they want to keep things that work. And he's always been pretty quick to kind of bring up, you know, they were top whatever in points or those type of things. So I think that this idea that Nick is going to be, like, a strictly CEO, hands-off the offense head coach is probably not true. So I think on offense they more view it – it's like a tweak, kind of, for lack of a better word. And then I think on defense, my takeaway from being here is it's going to be an exciting uh, Birdstown Hall when we have that a few weeks at, at McGurk's. So I think they're going to spend a lot of money in free agency. And I don't think it's going to be one-year deals on, you know, like a Rashad Penny, a Justin Evans. I think we're going to see, like, big-time money spent to some of the top defenders out there uh, and uh, positions in need. like uh, And most notably, I would say, linebacker and safety.
6: Wow, Elliot, have you had a chance to be around Kellen Moore much uh, yet th- at this point? And, and what are your early impressions?
8: So uh, we have not had a chance to be around Kellen Moore. He obviously he has not spoken to the media, but even outside of that, um, I have not had a chance to be around him. So uh, yeah, I, I don't have any thoughts on him like personally. But like I said, I do think he's going to bring new schemes to this offense for sure. And I think that you will see changes with the offense. Mm-hmm. But I remember after that initial press conference talking to you guys and just everyone talking in general, it was, what does Nick do? And uh, you know, the offense is being taken away from him. Mm-hmm. I just don't get the sense that that is, that is what what is happening.
6: Did the dynamic, feel, how did the dynamic between Nick and Howie feel different this year compared to last year? Very different scenario. You know, last year we're coming off a Super Bowl that we lost. Uh, how How did their interaction feel different?
8: I didn't think it felt different at all. Um, I mean, you know, I like just even watching them. Like uh, after they speak at the combine, they walk around, they do other media. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've always really, I would say, since Nick got here, but especially you know after a few months in, they got to know each other. I, they do seem like they genuinely get along. Like I don't, I don't think it's a, uh, you know, just a show they put on. I know sometimes at the podium they can get a little jokey and you know it seems a little forced, but. Um, the dynamic to me seems seems almost exactly the same. There there was one interesting moment where they slightly contradicted each other uh, talking about playing young players. Yeah. Um, how we brought up that you know I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially me and Nick talked about it. And, you know maybe it's time to play some of the younger players or or we should have done it last year. And then Nick was asked about it and he was basically like, look, I'm a head coach. I'm going to play whoever helps me that Sunday. So I thought that was a little bit of you know an, mm. an interesting contradiction, but. In terms of the dynamics, uh, you know, I don't sense any like tension or change or anything like that. They still seem to, to be in a good spot.
5: Elliot, I'm struck by something you said in your first answer. You referenced that they're going to spend money, and you specifically said linebackers and safeties. Now, obviously, they'll spend some money, but it, not, like, it sounds like you're implying more than a million or two million. It sounds like you're implying oh, maybe yeah. a shift. Yeah. What did they say or what have you heard otherwise that gives you the impression there could be a philosophical shift of how they allocate money for defense?
8: Yeah. So I get the sense that they don't view the defense as, like, a piece or two away, right? So I I think that they know to fix the defense for next year, it's going to take some major changes to the defensive side of the ball, especially in the back seven. And to accomplish that, like, you can't do that all through the draft. And last year, if you look at what their kind of strategy was in free agency, it was almost like lottery tickets, like Rashad Penny, Justin Evans, Zach Cunningham, like, guys who had, had, you know, had some level of success in the NFL that were probably – undervalued last year and they took chances on those guys and you know cunningham had some good weeks but ultimately they probably struck out on all those guys i think that when they look at this offseason and the cap space that they have they they know they need to find long-term fixes at those positions so, so you know yeah, sorry go ahead. well i was gonna say with the linebacker i think i think they're getting ready to spend a lot of money there now obviously a free agent has to be available they have to come here like it's no guarantee they'll be able to spend the money but just the sense i'm getting being down here is that they are very willing to spend it? You know that position.
5: Ellie, let's let's talk about Hassan Reddick for a moment. You were right there, but for anyone who didn't hear what Howie said about Reddick, I'm going to play this audio and then get your interpretation. Here's Howie yesterday on the Reddick situation.
8: Howie, can you give us an update on uh, Hassan Reddick? Where do you? Where are things with Hassan? report he was allowed to seek a trade? Do you expect him to be back next year?
5: Well, I'd say this uh, Hassan, obviously, unbelievable player for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Local kid, great success story. Camden, Temple, Philly. Um, love having Hassan. I think that you know anything that you're trying to do, um, you're trying to blend. Obviously, what you're trying to do this year and, and how you're going to look in the future. And I think that's the hardest job. But um, certainly, you know, don't want to get into any specifics with any
8: conversations with players, but have tremendous respect for the player and the person.
1: What's the best case scenario? Um.
8: I think honest communication is the best case scenario with all your players and understanding um, where you stand and not, having, not being afraid to ha- have open doors of communication and hearing where they feel and where we feel. All right, Elliot,
5: it was your question initially there yesterday on, on that topic. So my interpretation is Redick is likely gone. Mm-hmm. What is your interpretation?
8: So I didn't get that, that interpretation. I, I think that this is a really big week for what's going to happen with Hassan Reddick. Because, well, obviously the Eagles have the final say on what happens. He's under contract next year. I kind of think the decision at this point is almost a little out of their hands in the way that it is really, really going to depend what other teams are willing to pay Hassan Reddick. And this week at the Combine, you have every general manager, every head coach. Almost all of the big-time agents are here, and they will be talking, right? Like, this is he's been given permission to seek a trade. They Like, the Reddick camp is going to go out and see what, what can he get paid. And my takeaway from Howie and just being down here yesterday was if Reddick gets a deal that the Eagles don't want to pay him, like, they'll trade him. But, but I don't know if the market is going to give Reddick what he's, what he's looking for. They've consistently undervalued him. So if you were to ask me right now if Reddick is here in training camp, I would say yes. I think there's a better chance wow. he's here. Probably 50-50-ish, but but I do think he, it's more likely he's here.
6: Elliot, what about the running back position? You got some huge name running backs out there and available after they after they weren't franchised. Are the Eagles focused on DeAndre Swift or a bigger name running back who could potentially be gotten for cheap?
8: I, I would be surprised just because I think with the, the money they have, they're going to allocate it to the defensive side of the ball. I think and a little bit like Reddick, like the market is going to dictate obviously what these guys make. I mean, if you can get, let's just use Austin Eckler, or Derek Henry for $5 million. And yeah, I think they would probably have interest. Now, if there's, there's big time interest in these guys and they get, they get big money. No, I don't think they will. So I do think Swift, um, is probably in a tough spot as a free agent, just because there are so many big name guys who, you know, would probably be perceived as better than Swift. Yeah. And that'll drive his value down a little bit. Cause it teams willing to spend, we'll spend it elsewhere. But I think the draft is probably a place they'll look for a running back, Um, but I think most of the big money they spend this offseason will be on the defensive side of the ball.
6: So how feasible a trade target is Legereus Sneed for the Eagles?
8: You know, I would be surprised just because there was a report yesterday that he's going to be franchise tagged, and the tough thing about that is, and, you know, you don't know what that trade is going to look like, but let's say the Chiefs want a second-round pick. So on top of paying Sneed, you're then going to have to give up a major asset to acquire him. I think if Snead hit the open market, they would be very much a player in 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 him. I think that obviously he fills a position in need, but I also think he's a great culture guy. And I think a, an objective this offseason for the defense is going to be just kind of rebuilding it from the ground up. So the guys you bring in, the type of culture guys you bring in, I think really matter on that side of the ball. But there's going to be a lot of interest in him, a lot of teams probably willing to spend, and then the draft pick on top of it, I just think it makes it a tough thing to uh, pull off.
6: Elliot, did you have to dig a little bit deeper to get your question in in the national scrum, or uh, <laughs> are you just that good that uh, you were able well, to get the, get in there close to the beginning?
8: It is so funny. Like Being at these league events, you see all the different media markets. And you know, there's so, you know, they talk about the New York media market in Boston. Like there is nothing like the Philly market. <laughs> like there was like, I can
6: assure you of that. Oh yeah. Ruben
8: knows. <laughs> yeah, like you go to these other head coaches and So you, know, you feel like a
6: warrior? Them. Like like do you intimidate other <laughs> media
8: People. I feel like a like a seasoned vet. Like I would yeah. say, there's not many people here from that can get questions in over bait. But the funny thing is, <laughs> nice. in Philly, like you know, there like that's how it is with everybody. So there was the one or two questions that got in from you know the Georgia guy and the Colts guy. But if you listen to these other head coach press conferences, it's like fifty fifty with yeah. national guys huh. versus local guys. So Philly well, nice definitely job. held
5: it. Up. Well, the good yeah. you know the good story with that in the back uh, ten years ago or so when Sheil Kapati was briefly a, a Seahawks reporter, yeah. I think through yeah. ESPN. Yes. <laughs> And he famously like started screaming out a question to Pete Carroll in the first press conference he was at, and Pete yeah. Carroll's like, "Yo, dude, like settle down, like <laughs> easy." <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, there's probably only like four people asking a question. not are not Kansas there. anymore. Exactly. <laughs> All right, She'll The um... not Shield. Oh no, Shield. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> El, <yeah>. El, Elliot, <laughs> Elliot. The wow. C- the Sirianni messaging. So we've remarked today that it's getting old to us. I'm convinced this is a huge part of of why. Lurie and Howie brought him back, that they believe in Sirianni as a culture setter, even though things went awry at the end. But I know for me, the messaging, I'm getting tired of hearing it. Do you think it is possible or likely that the players are getting tired of hearing the same frickin' five core values over and over again?
8: It's a great question. I mean, I think there's, there's a way I would look at it is I do think That when, you know, Jalen says the same thing over and over and Nick says the same thing over and over, there is an element of, okay, like, we've heard you rank the five core values. Like, we know that's what you believe in. And the standard is
5: the standard and blah, 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 blah,
8: blah. But but I do think there, there is an element, and I think this is how the players feel. And, if, you know, if you talk to him about Nick, like, off to the side or whatever, like, Nick is consistent. And, like, they know what they're going to get from Nick. And they know what he believes in. And, it, and, you know, obviously he has a weekly meeting where he has a new message and stuff. But for the most part, like, what Nick preaches is what Nick preaches. So I completely understand from the outside looking in, like, how it gets tiring. And, you know, I look, I'm at the press conferences when he starts to rank them again and talks about how he orders them. And, like, I, I don't think it's, like, super compelling. But I think that as a player, and you know Richie could probably speak to this, like there is an element of like knowing what you're going to get from your head coach and knowing that he like truly, truly believes in that. That I think is is probably you know a, a good quality for for a player to have in a coach.
5: I don't know, man. That's just I don't know. I, as a player, I, I, I don't
0: think it needs to be harped on all the time. I don't. I, at some point, we understand it. It doesn't need this. This is just how it is. And then you move forward. I don't know how how but, but, uh, John say, feels about that.
8: But I would also say like we've we've done the thing before where we judge Sirianni off the presser and ask how players react to him, right? Like I know last year was a disaster for everybody at the end, but I do think since Sirianni's gotten here, like time and time again, and I've been part of it too, where we, you know, he has the flower comment or he yeah. has the introductory press conference or whatever, and we're like, oh, like no one's gonna believe in this guy, right? And then they they do. So I I, I get your point, but, but I, I, just, I I don't think he know. Knows how to- room over. I
6: worry that the belief stems more from hey, we got it pretty good with with this guy, you know, he we're, we're practicing for 45 minutes and it's a walkthrough.
5: But I don't think Kelsey's wired that way, John. Kelsey believes in a Okay, him but he he's still
6: him. a human being who would rather practice in a walk through fashion for 45 minutes than three hours where you're hitting people I don't get why,
8: I I why you view that as a bad thing. Like you're you're talking about well, how they like playing for them and they like the culture. Like I think from a It's a bad level.
6: thing if they're not getting the practice that they need. It's it's a bad thing if it's too easy to where they're not getting uh hardened right enough. And to it's, and it's or not, or not being
0: uh, held accountable. That's right. the other piece. Because right. I, well, I think I that you? the what leadership is, what of, what
8: yeah. Go ahead, the, what this com- well what this comes down to is really and this is a major question for the whole off season are the eagles the last seven games or what they've been the last three years right so if you look at the last three years there's no question the way Sirianni runs his team has produced a, like results that were above expectation and, and a lot of times like great results so you know on one hand to your point John like are they not practicing enough well the last three years would tell you how they run things work but the last seven games would tell you maybe it's not working anymore. So I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Like, the players like playing for Nick. They like the way he does things. But do the last seven games show, it's time for a change. I think we'll get the answer to that next season.
5: Elliot, we'll get the Kelsey answer the next week and a half before free agency, right?
8: Uh, I would think so. I mean, last year here in Indy, uh, I think is when the team found out what, what Kelsey was going to do. Um, You know, I haven't seen Kelsey and Indy yet, so, you know, read in that what you will. But, like, I I think you will find out in the next week and a half. Yeah.
5: Final thing, Elliot, the Combine, you know, like everything else going on at the Combine. Um, What's going on? What happened yesterday? What's going on today? What's the schedule?
8: Yeah, it's so funny. Like, I remember when I first started covering the Combine, it was like, you come here and it's such a draft event. You're excited to talk to the prospects. And you learn over time, like, it's not really a draft event. Like, it really is more about pro personnel, the head coaches, the GMs, the agents, and all those things. So, you're right. Like, over these next few days, players are going to work out. Uh, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is going to speak to the media here in about 10 minutes. So, it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say. Uh, Over the next few days, they'll start to work out. The linebackers, the safeties, the receivers, the offensive linemen. So, those things will matter. But I, I think for the most part, like, the Eagles' objective of being here is is not as much the draft as maybe you would think.
5: All right, a final thing, Elliot. Is there a running back this year that 97% of the audience is going to tell us they have to draft in the first round even though they never will? Is there is <laughs> yeah, there another Bijan? I, <laughs> I think that guy plays linebacker for Clemson Yeah, the linebacker for safety right? <laughs> this year. Yes, <laughs> true. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. would be exciting if they got Trot Jr. All right, Elliot, yeah. stay well, pal. We, uh, we shall talk to you presumably later this week. We'll figure out the schedule. Thanks, man. Sounds good. Talk to you guys. Later. All right. Really Thanks. good reporting from Elliot, and good questions, Elliot. Not all the questions. Let me say this: not all the <laughs> questions were good yesterday in the press conference, but Elliot's were very good.
3: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.